Welcome, everybody. Um, I want to take a moment to pray. Jesus, we love you. You are absolutely amazing how you're at work in our lives and, and, and around us. And we thank you for how kind you are. Father, you have uh, called us out of a dark place, out of the kingdom of darkness, and translated us into the kingdom of the dear son you love. And, uh, wow, help us to uh, get a hold of that and, and, and see the only proper response is just a life of gratitude and, and awe in your kindness. And so I thank you for this fellowship. I thank you for how you're at work here. And uh, we want to invite you to come this evening to, uh, to visit with us and to guide us and to uh, uh, bless your kids and encourage them. And, uh, yeah, uh, so we, we want to be available to you tonight to uh, really um, uh, see one another encouraged and strengthened and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. You may not realize, but there's been a little bit of intent in what I've been doing. And uh, a lot of times people say, well, that guy's a little bit random, but uh, th there's some focus and direction. On Sunday morning, I talked about the Holy Spirit, and we gave out this uh, four-page thing on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And if you didn't get one, just grab these. And then Sunday night, I talked about uh, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit and the release of the Holy Spirit, that there's an uponness of the Holy Spirit, and there's a, a withinness of the Holy Spirit. And uh, to see that uh, activated in our lives, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And the Holy Spirit comes into our lives as we welcome Jesus as our Savior. Our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we looked at that release, and specifically in the area of tongues. And uh, I have come to the conviction that the gift of tongues is very important for Western believers, people that live in, in the West, and by that I mean North America mainly, but because uh, we operate off and up out of our heads, and so don't see a lot of supernatural stuff around us, and people in our culture tend to be kind of down on supernatural stuff. They're interested, you know, they watch shows like, you know, Touched by an Angel and different things like that, but there's this sense of skepticism about supernatural things. And so the gift of tongues is something that's clearly supernatural. God works through our vocal cords, our vocal apparatus, but uh, he gives the utterance for that. So we, we talked about that on Sunday night. Then last night I talked about how the church has really grown through the centuries. And it's mainly through the power of God working through believers to bless others, uh, to serve others, and to see people healed, to see people delivered and to see his power work and, and transform lives, transform marriages, transform really difficult situations, that he's, he comes and, and does amazing things, right? So uh, um, tonight, what I'd like to do is uh, sort of bring it down even into a more personal kind of, kind of way. And um, what we're going to do is sort of have a circle of blessing. Uh, and uh, I'll explain to you how that, how that functions. But I thought, who can I pick on tonight? What couple can I can I choose that that maybe everybody kind of knows and and uh, you know and hmm. And then I thought, yes, 
I think I'll ask Pastor Bruce and Marlene to come and sit in the hot seat. And so he disappears around the corner. He knew what was coming. Did you have a word of knowledge there, Pastor? <laughs> so I'm going to ask Bruce and Marlene to sit on the, on the chair here. And this is something that I do when I'm asked to do a conference or a mission. We've got some extra chairs. Come and join the circle, please. Um, whenever I uh, uh, am asked to do a, a conference, or a, we call it a mission in, in my tradition, uh, what, what I do is I ask the pastor, what are you trying to get out of this? You know, why did you invite me? You know, are you a crazy man? You know, why did you invite me to come to, to, to your church? And so, uh, for example, at the cathedral in Fredericton, I was asked to do stuff on prayer. And so I, 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 I was the headliner. I mean, they said, John Rodham's coming to the cathedral, and this is in the advertising. Uh, the whole weekend, I, I think, all together, I spoke about, about 20 minutes. The whole weekend. And what I did otherwise, in that 20-minute little pieces all combined, was I introduced people that I knew that were uh, regular folks. Um, they weren't ordained, but they were involved in prayer ministries. And I had a team of 13 people that came, and they talked about setting up prayer chains, and they set, talked about, you know, uh, the power of prayer. We had one guy who uh, had, had uh, uh, brain cancer in his 20s, and his face was all disfigured because of all the surgeries and stuff that he had, but God healed him. It was amazing. And, and, he, and I remember one of the things in the, because we were all in tears as he shared his testimony, and I had never heard it before. And... Uh, he uh, he said, you know, the doctors were pretty skeptical about his future. And they said, you know, if he survives the surgery, he'll probably be a vegetable. And he said, I may be a coach potato, but I'm no vegetable. <laughs> I remember that line. At the end, we were all in tears, and just the whole crowd of people came forward for prayer with that. And I said, I could have preached a thousand sermons and not had the same kind of effect as that kind of testimony. So uh, I really believe in, in people being activated in the things of God. And that's, that's what we're looking at tonight. I, I chose deliberately some, someone that you folks know. And I think that you love this couple. I think that you really care for them. And um, what I'm going to do is something very simple. I'm going to say, Father, would you begin to reveal things from your heart that will bless Bruce and Merlin? And that you would even dare use all of us, perhaps, to begin to... Uh, pull on God to say, God, would you show me some things from your heart for Bruce and Marlene? And then I'll bring the mic. This isn't amplified. Uh, this is just for recording purposes, but we want to record this so that, um, that Bruce and Marlene will be able to reflect on this and, and pray into this further. Okay? So have I explained that kind of okay? And we may do that with another couple or another individual, just see uh, what the Lord has in mind. Uh, when I do these conferences um, many times for churches, I, I'll, I'll tell the pastor the first night what I'd like to do. I'll come early, uh, a day early before the weekend, but we'll pull the leadership team together and we'll do this circle of affirmation. And basically what we do, um, and Canadians aren't very good at this, they'll sit down and say, now tell me what you, what you really appreciate about Marlene. You know, one of the things is you've gotten to know her. What are some of the characteristics that have blessed your heart? And then people just begin to share. And what that does is draw the leadership team together in a very, very unique way. And because we tend not to affirm one another. Americans are really good at that. They'll, they'll, they'll do the best, uh, often kind of what I call sappy. 
you know, sugary. And, and uh, so, uh, but when Canadians begin to do that, uh, there's a real raw kind of character because we're not used to doing that, uh, really affirming one another. And then I say, okay, we're going to change gears now, and we're going to ask the Lord to begin to show us things from his heart to bless folks. Um, in fact, why don't we do that a little bit? Um, uh, I'd like to have maybe three or four of you, uh, very briefly, uh, just share how your life has been touched by Bruce and or Marlene. No, so if any of you like to share, I'm going to uh, bring the mic to you. By the way, the rule is I never let go of the mic, okay? Uh, because if people go on too long like I do, um, <laughs> I can just take the mic back and say, well, thank you very much for sharing. And it's, it's, just, it's a safety factor with that. But um, then, so we'll do that. We'll have two or three of you just share briefly about how your life has been touched and how you appreciate this couple. And uh, then uh, we'll change gears a little bit, and I'll say, okay, Lord, would you begin to show us some things from your heart uh, for Bruce and Marlene that will encourage and bless them? And that's the purpose of this. It's not to embarrass. Uh, it's not to expose things. It, the, the purpose of the prophetic in 1 Corinthians 14 is to edify, to build up, uh, to uh, comfort. And that comes from the root to fortify, comfort. And, uh, and then to also to exhort. It's to call people into a deeper place with the Lord. And so uh, sometimes God gives uh, words of, of judgment. I did a little bit of teaching about this the other night. Uh, but And the way that I administer this is that you would go quietly to an elder or to the pastor and share a concern that you might have that you've received by revelation. And then out of, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses that you know, the pastors and the leadership begin to pray, uh, is is this you know what what are you trying to show us, Lord, in this? But the uh, the focus in in the in the prophetic ministry and revelatory ministry of this type, uh, as reflected in First Corinthians 14, is to, is to really build people up and encourage people, not to expose or not to say you know point out sin in the person's life or or whatever. Although we'll do that for Bruce tonight. We'll just, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> So uh, is there anybody that would like to take a moment and, and just share and say, you know, um, folks have really blessed my heart, and I, I just really appreciate this about you. Any, anybody that sort of would like to share? I see that hand. <laughs> I, I guess just briefly, I grew up in this house, so I have three decades plus. Um, in Christian fellowship, most of it under your leadership. So uh, it's safe to say that you know, both of you and Bruce in particular uh, were essential to my lifelong spiritual development and uh, just providing that spiritual leadership, discipleship, um, and just impartation and uh, wisdom, uh, discipleship example. Um, I could certainly look to you two and say, um, you're probably the two people who provided just the most of that, um, just based on the amount of time that you've spent pouring into my life. Mm -hmm. You feel blessed? Yeah, that's lovely. It's nice to get that feedback. Anybody else would like to share that? Yeah. No fighting. No fighting. No fighting. You need to come behind here so that people could see you. Sorry. Oh, yes. 
I just love both of your hearts towards children's ministry in particular and the, and the youth because you, you have the vision to see that, that that's our future um, and, and the future of our church. Is these, these kids growing up and, and Marlene, my friend, um, I just, the gentle spirit that um, I kind of aspire to be able to be like someday in, in how you can deal with people and, and speak with people in such a gentle way um, and providing correction, you know, needed and just gentle. And it, it's teaching me. So thank you. Next. Well, they have blessed me in so many ways, not only spiritual, but um, especially possible. She always asked me, not only like, how am I, where am I in my spiritual life, but like in all aspects of my life, my marriage life, my financial life, everything. He's, he's there. And he loves not only like the Filipino that come he comes here, but he has the heart for the Filipino community. So, yeah, they have blessed me. And I can listen to Marlene and I calm down. I just hear her voice <laughs> and <laughs> it just calms me. <laughs> yeah. That's lovely. So, isn't that lovely? You're much loved, you folks. Not just the rest of us around the province, but the, we, those are people that really care for you here. And uh, so you can see the power of that as people affirm one another and encourage one another. And as I say, we do this with the leadership team. So this is much larger than the typical leadership team. So we're not going to have opportunity to do that with everybody tonight. But I just wanted to sort of demonstrate that. And you may want to do that uh, with your leadership team sometime. Have a, a Saturday retreat and just have everybody take turns sitting in the circle and then have that affirmation and then move from there into listening to God for one another. And so th that's what we're going to do now. Okay. So I, I want to pray a very simple prayer. We've got a chair right back here, just special for you. Come and join us. <laughs> so, um, uh, so Lord, I want to ask that you would begin to uh, show each of us uh, some pictures uh, or a word or some revelation that, that you have for us to, uh, to bless Bruce and to bless Marlene. Things from your heart. Now, sometimes these things are um, very, very simple, and you might not understand what they're about. I want to give an illustration. Some of you know, may know Sarah Maynard, who began the ministry called Red Leaf uh, Intercessors in Vancouver. And she came to our parish when we were in Vancouver, and I spied her, and I, 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 liked, I liked to do this with leaders. And the, she didn't know very many people in, in the church where I was serving. So, and, and the visitors that were there, we would have evenings of activation and, and that kind of thing. So um, I said, Sarah, can we pray for you? And she said, oh, sure. And I began to explain about this. And I said, you know, God may give you a simple word like orange, and, uh, but it may, you know, may seem really simple to you, but it may not have any, uh, uh, you know, it may be very, very powerful uh, to the person. Well, when I said the word orange, she just about fell off the chair. And she said, you have no idea what you just said. And I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and she said, we have a family code or a secret when whenever we're in a, a place and we just want to say, I love you, dear, you know, to her husband. We, we, we work uh, into the sentence, the word orange. 
Isn't that amazing? And so the way she received that was that the father had, you know, given that, dropped that into my spirit to, to share. And he was saying, I love you, Sarah, you know. And even before we began to minister to her. Isn't that lovely? I mean, that's the, the heart of the father to do that. So, uh, so Lord, um, we, we want to bless Bruce and Marlene tonight. And uh, you want to even more than we do. And so I ask that you begin to um, share revelation knowledge that will bless them. Uh, and maybe scripture, maybe a picture, maybe a song, um, whatever it is, Lord, that, that you place on our hearts. Um, we want to be available to uh, be vessels of blessing from your heart to them. So those of you who sense you have something, often these things come very quickly, and particularly in uh, a group of people that really care for one another, and I know that you care for this couple, that you, that you really pull on the Lord and say, God, I really want to hear your heart for this couple because I love them and I want to see them blessed. So what, what, what have you got from the, from the Father? Just raise your hand and I'll bring the mic to you. I appreciate them. Uh, I was on the board before when, when we called them. Yeah. I was one of the one of the ones that called that called them when they when they had a calling to come. Sure. So I've been with them throughout the, all these years, yeah. and I wanted to, uh, just them to know that I stand with them. I'm their pillar yeah. that stands with them to hold them in. Yeah. Okay, can we turn that up a little bit so that the speakers come from the front and, and, and that? And yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah, with a group this size, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge too. So if you would speak up a little bit and then we'll try to adjust the sound. So I just feel strongly the word Mighty Marlene coming to me as, as we were praying. And I remember when you and Pastor came back and never thought that was going to be on the radar. And I remember hearing the stories when Pastor Bruce was just here. Oh, there I am. Um, even just talking about you doing the healing healing rooms in the mall in Ontario, I believe it was. And, and just the fire that had um, was burning within you. And, and you've always been, as um, Brenda said, you know, this quiet strength. But yet so str you're so strong but yet so gentle, and we need that. We need especially women and young girls to learn that in this day and age, that you can still be strong and and mighty, um, but gentle and loving at the same time. So I just feel that, um, Mighty Marlene, that the time has come that these prayer meetings on Tuesday nights with you are, you know, about teaching us about prayer. It's, it's in the perfect timing, and it's time for your voice to be heard, and I'm just looking forward to that. Preach it, sister. You're right on. Thank you. That's lovely. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. As you asked us to do so, and when I closed my eyes, I saw a field. Like, it's a dry land. And it's being plowed. You know, a tractor that, uh, you know, that digs the, the, for, for it to be ready for planting. That's the, that, that's the vision that I saw. I don't know what it means, but that's what I said. 
Well, it, that's part of the prophetic too, because you're just sharing what God is is giving you, and then um, this is something for Bruce and Marlene to reflect on. And that, so thank you. That's 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 a powerful image too of fields being plowed and being prepared. Anybody else? No, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought I yeah. thought you were waving that. <laughs> no, I, I just got a picture, and and like I, I'm the same as her. I don't know what it means. I just saw a tree with roots, and I could see the the roots going down, and then it just flourishing, um, the growth. So that's it. Yeah. Anybody else do something? I don't know Marlene. I, I know who she is, but I've only seen her a few times. But I'm always impressed by her beautiful smile and her confident, uh, the way she she looks so confident and yet so beautiful and gentle. So that's what I notice when I see Marlene. Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, sometimes you need to sort of wave at me a little bit so I get the picture here. The perils of being behind him. <laughs> uh, what was, what's been running through uh, my heart and my spirit since we've been moving into this is solid rock or firm foundation. And that's what you've guys been building over the past number of years and especially what you're doing this year is building a foundation for the rest of us to grow and build upon and for this body to keep uh, just moving uh, closer and closer, something for us to push off of on our uh, pursuit towards God. I just have a picture, and it's um, one individual on their knees, and I'm seeing them from behind, very peaceful, communicating in prayer. Yeah. Well, that's a burden that you folks are carrying, isn't it, to see prayer established more firmly here in, the, in this fellowship? Yeah. Anybody else? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, for me, I got the word quantity. I don't, I don't know what that means, but that was what came out in the spirit. I was getting the word capacity and uh, that God is wanting to increase your capacity to walk closely with him and the, and, and the capacity to operate even more uh, strongly in the gifts that God has poured into you and works through you to bless others. Anybody else? I was waiting for you. It's probably one of the most difficult things you could ask of us to describe how we feel about this couple. So to try to pick one thing above and beyond the other, it's, it's virtually impossible. It is, especially when you've known them for 40 years. But uh, one thing that I probably never said to you guys is I feel safe when you're here and um, not so much when you're not. And I think that's a strength that you guys have, and it's because of who you are and everything that we'll say here tonight Marlene's the epitome of honoring and respecting a husband. And she said one. When you look for oneness, you certainly look to these guys. Pastor is um, a word that always comes to mind is um, uncompromising. And he's uncompromising. He will not compromise anything for the glory of God and for the faith he has in his Savior. 
And that's who you look to for those examples. But with you guys is tremendous level of safety because we know this church comes first and we are your sheep. So thank you so much for being that to us. Now, one of the things I love to do is, is um, and I did this the other night, but I, th I just have a sense that we're supposed to do this, um, is I'm going to give the mic to AJ first, and then we'll go right around the circle and then use the simple words. Um, and when you speak, pretend this is like an ice cream cone and just hold it close to, like this. And uh, actually, you can just set it on your chin and say, Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with and whatever the Lord puts on your heart. And if there isn't anything there, that's okay. Um, you can just pass the mic on to the next person, okay? But we'll go around the circle. I'll start with you, AJ. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with power. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with love. And Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with good health. Um, I just have a word that I, I think uh, God just gave me for Bruce, and that's he's walked, a, he wants to say that he's walked a long way with you, but there's a long way to go, and he's going to, there's, he's going to let something loose in you that's never been let loose before. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with favor, God's favor. I feel a spirit of uh, dependency that you can, uh, people can depend on you and, and trust in you. So I just bless you with that spirit of peace and rest. And I bless you with uh, long life and good health. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with the ability to finish good. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with the authority and strength for the journey ahead. Bruce and Marlene, what you impress on me is you practice what you preach. Pastor Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with new beginnings. <laughs> yeah. um, Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with the power of God. I bless you with um, firm foundation of what people could look to on how to be a Christian in today's rough world. Uh, Pastor Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with um, family salvation. Yeah, Pastor Bruce and Marlene, I bless your own household. Pastor Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with vision. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with strength. Bruce and Marlene, I, I wish you all the best and love you all. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with power. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with peace and happiness. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with contentment. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with love. 
Bursana Merlin, I blessed you with unspeakable joy and victor victory over all that may come your way. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with the absolute stamina of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bruce and Marlene, I bless you with wisdom and understanding for your people. Well, I'm going to pull a rank here and I'm going to pray a good Anglican prayer over you folks. Do you want to say Do you want, I'll let you respond. Yeah. I'm just so overwhelmed. Um, and uh, uh, I guess what I have to tell you is that um, over the past, since um, what, where we are in January, since the fall began, uh, I started to see, <coughs> excuse me, I started to see the church in a different way than I'd ever seen it before. Um, I, 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 I started to see it as being different than it is in a positive way. Not that there's anything wrong or bad or evil, but something that transcends what we are right now. And I, I consciously prayed as we were coming into this week that this would be a week of impartation for me. And part of that has come through uh, my, my uh, private conversations with John and uh, some of it through the ministry, but more of it through just uh, seeing you, seeing different ones of you in my mind and praying for you. And there's something that is just overwhelms me as this little uh, exercise is going, is going on, is that every person here in this room needs what we're experiencing tonight. Um, the affirmation of the body, the finger telling the toe that you're important or I never get there without falling on the face. And, uh, so every part of the body with its special uh, place in the body and and relationship and, and I believe very strongly that's what's going to come out of these new this new emphasis on prayer is this kind of thing not that it would necessarily happen exactly this way but that the and I was sharing this at, at with supper tonight that most of the body does not know the trials that the rest of the body are going through and I'll give you one example of that last week uh, I was here, and Jonathan and Beth were taking down the Christmas trees, and I talked to them out there in the foyer, and they expressed their heart about their two sons and their physical condition. And, and I said at supper time tonight, nobody in the church knows what that is, at least unless they've told them privately. And if the church did know, uh, it would make a difference in how the church prays. Um, and... Uh, so the boys have been on my heart uh, in a greater way since that conversation. And we've been praying for them and prayed for them in our devotions this morning. Um, I believe that part of the heart of God to release the miracles of God, the power of God, the, the the manifestations of something more than just a human expression of love. It's already here, but in such a way that it is like an effervescence. It's just, it just flows out. And I, I'm very conscious of the fact that there are gifts right around this circle tonight that are 
within you that are longing to be released. Uh, you may not be conscious of it, but I see, uh, and, I, and I think some of you are, but I, I, there's 101,000 reasons not to believe God for the supernatural. Reason, supernatural. And those, however many there might be, but there is one reason to believe. And if we can embrace that one reason, all the 101,000 or however many are, there are, the hurts, the pains, the past, whatever, that one reason is the Holy Spirit bringing the power of Jesus to us. I saw a vision last night in the service of us being so conscious of the power of God to heal and to um, mend broken lives that the church would be commissioned after every Sunday morning service to reach out to needs that have been expressed to us, whether they be in the body or outside the body. And so that there would be a commissioning of families, and I see it as families, and if there are people that are single, well then a group of single people getting together, but fathers, mothers, children, teens, going to somebody's home to lay hands on them if they're sick, or to minister to them, to help them, to bless them, whatever the need is, and see the supernatural power of God take place. I'm going to drop something in your spirit tonight that uh, <laughs> no <laughs> I, <laughs> here's here's what I'm going to ask you to do and I'll explain the reason why later I, I haven't even run this by the elders yet to see if I can do this but um, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission I learned that from John uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to give a week of your holidays to ministry this summer. And it's going to be supernatural ministry. It's going to be, uh, it, hopefully it could involve a VBS, but more than that, it could it really involve a, a, a new passion to see. Because the summertime is the most strategic time for outreach. Because we don't get very many months of the year. Kids are off school and so many, uh, so many different things. But to, to, and I'll explain as this as we go by when this will be. I don't even know yet. Um, I even talked about Cal Mascri maybe partnering with us, and he doesn't know that yet. But um, there's, as the Lord is laying people on my heart to bring into this place to help us to come alongside and impart, uh, I just believe that by the time the summer comes, um, it's going to be like, um, whoo. I just see fire, the embers of fire um, being dropped into this church. And that's, I'm not limiting it to this. <laughs> it could happen a lot sooner than this, but I could just see the, the, the winnow fan of the spirit, just, just, just like a winnowing fan, suddenly uh, setting the place on fire. And gifts that have been suppressed will be released. Gifts that people don't even know they have will come forth. Anyway, so uh, before you get mad at me any more than you are,
you won't say this morning. <laughs> I'm very impressed with your willingness to step out as you did tonight and bless your pastor. Uh, I can tell that you really love him. And um, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, that comes right after the love chapter. You know, now faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest is love. And then it continues in the next chapter. Actually, in, the, in Paul's letter, there weren't any chapters. We've only had those for a few hundred years. And it, it's very helpful because you have the book, you have the chapter, and you have the verse. And it nails right down to the sentence anywhere in the Bible. It's a very helpful thing. But Paul's letters were just, just long-running kind of thing. So he says, now faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest is love. And he says, continue in the path or the, in the way of love and earnestly seek spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And so I really believe that the prophetic word um, is available to every believer and that we're to pursue the capacity to build up and to strengthen others. And this isn't just within the body of Christ. Uh, this is wherever you go. That, that, uh, and, and so um, there was a, a pastor in the church that I served on the West Coast who said, you know, whenever you get a prophetic word, uh, just share it. It's going to be better than my sermon anyway, you know. And, uh, you know, just uh, as long as it's upbuilding and uplifting. And we have no idea sometimes the things that we say. I'm going to give you a little bit of a homework tonight. This is totally secular, okay? But go on YouTube tonight, and there's a 17-minute video called Validation. And uh, it's about this guy who validates parking tickets. But they, uh, some of you may have seen that. But it goes way beyond that. He, he will say, oh, look, that shirt just matches your eyeglass frame so beautifully. You're... You really have such a sense of fashion about you. Uh, or he'll, he'll just pick out something in their appearance, or, but he would validate people. And, um, and then there's sort of a cute little love story attached to it as well. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely story. It's only 17 minutes. And, and again, it's totally secular, but it talks about the power of building people up, the power of, of encouragement, the power of blessing. And uh, we've got the Lord that will give us capacity to do that. Um, I began doing this a long time ago, and uh, I remember uh, working with a group in Vancouver, and uh, this lady came up to me who was amazing. I mean, she could just really pull on God. I was training people for altar, we call them altar workers in that tradition, that people that will pray after the service and be in, in teams, and people can come up and, and receive prayer. Well, this woman really knew how to get a hold of God by revelation. She would hear God's heart for people. And that's something that we can all learn how to do. And, and, and it can become a lifestyle. So what happened? She came up to me and she said, um, I just landed a new job working with kids at, at risk, kids that were running into trouble with the law. And uh, I'm, I'm sort of a counselor for them. And I, I said, oh my goodness. They have no idea how fortunate they, they are because I've seen you in action at the altar. You really know how to hear God. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think those kids are going to be blessed. Well, she looked at me in utter shock. And I, I, I thought, hmm. And, and because the penny dropped. Because she would do this in church, but it wasn't on her radar at all to even consider asking God for his heart, 
with the children, the young people that she was working with. And, and often there's a very subtle and sometimes not so subtle separation from what we, we experience in church and what we, when we're with our family at home or when we're with her at the curling rink or uh, when we're at school or when we're uh, here and there in the other place. Um, those of you here on Sunday, um, I talked about the Lord speaking to me that, that to stop praying for divine appointments. I don't want to encourage you to stop praying for divine appointments, but the point of that illustration for me was that the Lord said, John, you are a divine appointment. And when I began to understand that, I've been telling other people, I said, do you know that everybody around this circle, and even on the edge of the circle, <laughs> uh, you're all divine appointments. Why? Because Jesus lives inside you. And he's aching to get out of you to uh, to be a blessing to others. And even when it's hard, um, I don't know if I told the story about this, this lady. She's like a Mother Teresa in our church out west. And uh, she had been working for 20 years uh, providing a food program on Fridays. We called it Friday lunch. That kind of makes sense. Friday lunchtime, Friday lunch. Well, um, this was just a, a regular home-cooked meal. The, uh, the folks that were involved in that ministry just really loved the folks. And, and, and um, it, it was an amazing thing to be part of. Um, before the, uh, the meal... Uh, we would sort of gather together and pray together and pray for our guests. That's the term that we use. We just saw that we had a meal and we were inviting guests over, like you folks who do in your home. And this was our home, and we were inviting guests to come. And so uh, uh, Nancy was this lady's name. And she said um, in the prayer time, no, Anglicans pray like this. Okay? Yes, close our eyes and bow our heads. We're good little dutiful prayers like that. Okay, and a lot of people do in different different churches. You might do that too when 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 you go to pray. Just close your eyes and bow your head. Well, Nancy started to pray, and she said, "Lord, there's some people coming today that I don't like." All the heads went. <laughs> you know, I looked at her and said, "What's going on here?" And uh, but what she said next changed my life. She she said again. Lord, there's some people that are going to come to this meal today that I really don't like. Would you love them through me? That changed my life. It changed my life. Because there are some people that I find really difficult. Anybody here that hangs, has to hang around with people? Maybe your spouse knows. Um, <laughs> but um, that's, that's the reality, and she embraced that and said, Lord, I need your help. And uh, that's, that's a, a, such an important thing because many times we think that we're doing this on our own and we don't have the strength to love. And when we, when we step away and say, Lord, I need you, I need your help in order to do this, he will step in in, in a very, very unique way and help us. And I see a lot of nodding around the, on, around the room, not that you're falling asleep yet, but that you're in agreement that, that in fact, that God will uh, work through us. And then we just declare that dependence on him. So um, why I did this tonight, and I want to share some other things. Um, I was going to have another couple come forth. We might, we might have a chance to do that. But I want to encourage you, if you're in a Bible study, and say, we had this nutty Anglican clergyman come. 
And he suggested that uh, on a given night in our fellowship that, that we do an affirmation circle and then we ask the Lord for his heart for one another and just take turns and, and share that and maybe do that with your leadership team. But uh, what that does is draw people together in a, in a profound sense of unity. I got to tell you, the most uh, amazing experience I ever had was with a friend again in Vancouver uh, that uh, she was working with women that were coming off the street. They were prostitutes. And she had led them to the Lord. And there were about eight of them in the circle. And they didn't pull punches. I mean, they were just real straight-on people. They, they had lived life hard, and uh, they encountered Jesus, and he had touched their lives and changed their lives. And, uh, and I talked about, uh, I used the illustration that, you know, there's no accident that, you know, that um, sandwiching 1 Corinthians 12, which is the phenerosis or the manifestation gifts, and 1 Corinthians 14, which talks about the prophetic, that right in the middle of that is the love chapter. And when you love one another, you're prepared to risk and step out of it. And these ladies, I was just stunned. I've been around, I've been very fortunate to be around what you call world-class prophets and, and people that have incredible ministries. And they could not hold a candle to what these ladies were doing as they ministered to one another. It was stunning. And so I became absolutely convinced that this is one of the key things in terms of activation. So with this gal who said, I'm going to be working with um, uh, youth offenders and kids at risk, I said, you know, you have an opportunity to really speak into their lives. And I'm not talking about, you know, Jesus loves you, you know, and, and, and that, although you know, often when you begin moving revelation knowledge, um, it opens up the door to really actively witness to Jesus, okay? But um, uh, just to begin to declare their, their destiny, and their calling, and their giftings. And that's a, a, there's a powerful exchange that takes place when, when, that is, when, people's, uh, when God's heart for them is spoken over them. And so I've messed you up tonight. I have totally destroyed you. You will never be the same again because this is for you to walk in on a daily basis. And I want to challenge you and encourage you that when you go and stand in line to buy a ticket at the, at the, um, at the theater, just look around and say, God, what are you doing in these people's lives? Do you want to show me anything? Um, and then somebody may just stand out. You just begin to pray and just say, Lord, bless them. And, and uh, I find, as I shared earlier, I'm a big chicken. And so often the Lord will just orchestrate us to bump into one another. And, and these things come up. John Wimber, uh, who is my mentor in a lot of these things, he talked about ministering uh, supernaturally. What was it? Uh, supernaturally natural? I don't have that quite right. But just in a natural way, uh, walking in the supernatural. You know, that, it's, that you don't have to you know, talk in a funny voice. You don't have to do weird things just to be yourself and that Jesus bubbles out. If you want to see this happen more, I want to make two suggestions to you. One is that you ask the Lord to use you. And that's the basis of divine appointments. But just to say, God, I want to be able, like Jesus, to see what you're doing, to hear your voice, to understand your will and purposes. And so I ask the Lord to bless my mind and my ears and my eyes uh, as I begin each day to see where he's at work and to partner with him. And uh, this, the second thing is, uh, based on first, uh, 
1 Peter 3.15. There's two parts of that uh, verse. And we, send, we tend to focus on the second part, which says, have a reason for the hope that's within you, but share with gentleness and respect. But the, do you know what the first, do any of you, don't look in your Bibles, you're cheating, stop looking at your Bibles. Um, do you know, any of you know what the first, uh, uh, it's First uh, Peter 3.15a, as opposed to First Peter 3.15b. Do you know what the first part says? This is a test. I didn't know that. Uh, I, I just happened in my devotions to be reading it one day, and I thought, oh my goodness. It's, hey, uh, Jay. Look at this guy. Yeah, you gotta watch him standing behind me. This, you know, like. <laughs> but I'm just giving you a hard time. You're my friend. I can pick on you. So um, it says, "Set apart Jesus Christ as Lord in your heart, and have a reason for the hope that's within you." So I really believe that as Jesus reigns even more profoundly in our lives, that people will see that and they'll say. Well, you look happy today. What's going on with you? And you'll have an opportunity to, to, to witness gently and, and not hit them over the head with the Bible, but just, you know, respond in, in, in a way. Uh, I was down, um, I'm from Pictou. I told you that. Maybe I hope nobody leaves the room this time, but uh, knowing that I'm from Pictou. But um, I bumped into a guy I was in the band with, the Pictou Farmers Youth Band. And uh, we were sort of a marching band. And, um, um, I hadn't seen him in years. He got married, had family. I got married, had family. And uh, he said, John, you've really changed from when I knew you before. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you're so peaceful. And I thought, I didn't realize I was such a wreck in high school, you know. (laughs) But he really detected that. And, And so what I said then was this. I said, you know, when I went to university, I had a very profound spiritual encounter with Jesus. And he changed my life. He's the Prince of Peace. And do you know what he said in response to that? He said, I'd like to talk to you about that sometime. You know, which is very uh, gentle, um, you know, exchange. I didn't preach the gospel, or I didn't preach the, hit them over the head with the Bible, but just shared my heart. And I think that's what that means, that is, we live for Jesus. I call it the garlic principle. I don't know if you've ever met anybody that eats a lot of garlic, but it sort of oozes out of their pores. But if you eat a lot of Jesus, if you spend a lot of time with Jesus, he sort of oozes out of us as well. And I think that's what it means to set apart Jesus as Lord in our hearts. So we can, we can do this. And, and uh, I believe that God is releasing the body in a fresh way. Um, for me, as a guy, I grew up, I tell people, my mother put me on the piano bench when I was three years old, and I've been performing ever since. Um, and, and that's been my life. I, I've, I um, have uh, uh, had deep needs at, my, at the base of my person. I don't know where this came from because I grew up in a very loving family. But I had a really, pardon my language, a really crappy self-image. And I didn't think that I was worthy. And I didn't think I was lovable. And my parents loved me. You know, and people around me loved me. But within my heart, I just did not feel worthy. I didn't feel that I love. And as I came into my uh, teen years, I thought, I'm never going to meet somebody that I'll marry and fall in love with and, and get married. I'll probably live alone the rest of my life. I just, I couldn't imagine anybody ever liking me like that. And then I met Jesus. It changed everything. You know, and he wrapped his arms around me. And a lot of the fears 
that I had. And I used to drink, you know, to get a buzz on, as they say. <laughs> and uh, so I feel more comfortable being around people, especially girls. And uh, I was a happy drunk. <laughs> but uh, I realized how dangerous that was. And uh, when I met Jesus, that need to, to have that little bit of an edge to take the fear away, that insecurity, sort of lifted from me, you know. And uh, I'm very thankful for that because there are members of my family that have really struggled with substance abuse. And, and I think I was beginning to walk down that path, you know. And uh, so God was very kind to me in that. Um, and he's, he's transformed my life. And, and so we carry within us such good news, you know, to be able to share with others. And I find as we are living with Jesus, I know you're getting ready to say something. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm interruptible. That's okay. I think that all that you've been saying is not fits so well into that story you told me today. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was pretty random, pretty pretty amazing. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. But it shows yeah. how we can be used, the Holy yeah. Spirit can be used in places where you would not think of God. Yeah, that's that's very true. Okay. Um, I just need to center in for a minute to see if there's anything I need to do to sort of finish that that sort of focus. Uh, I, I guess with all of my heart, I just really want to encourage you. That, that Jesus is alive in you. Uh, sometimes when we look in the mirror, uh, we don't realize day to day the changes that happen until we look at our yearbook from high school and we say, that was me? This is very scary. But God is at work in your lives. And, and it's very interesting in the workplace. Uh, most people are, you know, in our social um, connections, most people know that we're believers, and, uh, but there's a great fear we don't want to offend people. But uh, uh, we have a great opportunity. Our culture is really changing. There's a hunger for spiritual things. And uh, just simply telling our own story uh, is something that's very, very powerful. I often ask people, you know, um, they, like with my friend uh, that said, you seem so peaceful. I'll, I'll just say, you know, may I just share with you how that happened? And I don't preach a 10-minute sermon. I, I, when I train people in evangelism, I just say, uh, be able to communicate your gospel, the, the gospel and how Jesus touched your life in, in a minute or a minute and a half maximum. And just be able to just gently put it out there and then you know, continue to interact with people. And um, it's, it's um, the power of testimony is amazing. But also, uh, you folks have been living in, in this experience of Pentecost and with the Holy Spirit. We're all, we can all grow in these things. But uh, what I'm finding is asking the Lord when I go into places and I'll say, Lord, uh, what's in your heart for the people in this room? Is there anybody that you want me to pray for? I don't mean actively, just in my heart. You know, is, you want to show me anything about people? And, um, uh, and then uh, he, he begins to do this. But it comes out of a, a relationship with him and uh, he begins to show us things. I, I shared the other night that I have two or three, maybe a month of encounters like that, that I say, wow, that is pretty amazing, Lord. And um, uh, and then my prayer is to say, well, rather than three a month, uh, could I have three a week, you know? 
and it sort of becomes more established in my lifestyle. So um, anyway, I, I think you got the message that that you are uh, God wants to use each of us to be a blessing wherever we go, and that He goes with us wherever we go, and and as we practice the presence of God. Uh, and desire to be a blessing and speak life to others, uh, we have no idea the power and the impact of our lives around that. Um, Bruce asked me to share. Um, one of the things that um, I think that we uh, really uh, want to do in our lives is to live in a place of that, what I call a comfort zone. And uh, God will show up sometimes, but it's many times when we're nudged a little bit out of our comfort zone, uh, to um, that we we see things happen, and uh, uh, when we do the same old same old, we usually get the same old same old results. And so, um, uh, I was approached in my in my first parish. I was on the other side of Windsor, in in uh, Brooklyn, Hans County, going through the Rodden Hills. I had four points there, and uh, uh, the fellow that um, was recruiting for the air cadets in Greenwood approached me and said, would you consider uh, spending three weeks of your vacation? I only had four weeks, and I had four kids under five at that point. And I thought, this is crazy for me to disappear on my kids on my vacation. But something sort of stuck with me. And uh, um, I, I went home and I told Holly and, and said, well, we'll pray about it. And we really felt the Lord say, yes, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. So I got back to the guy and uh, said, yeah, I'll sign up. So he signed me up. And then I said, you know, is there anything in particular that I should know about this? Because I knew nothing about the military. I, I knew if you had more stripes up your arm that you had a higher rank, you know. That was about it, you know. And um, so he said, his response was, yeah, watch your back. And I thought, what do you mean? You got me into this, and, and you're telling me to watch my back now? And I had already signed on. I, I didn't have any choice really at that point to back out of it. And uh, so, but I knew that God had called me to this. That Holly and I prayed, and we had, had very clear direction in this. And so um, I, I went down to, to Greenwood, got settled in, and uh, uh, it was quite an amazing event in that uh, I was in the officer's quarters. Because as an as a ordained person, you're automatically a captain. You can rise through the ranks, to other higher ranks, but I was a captain. So this one morning, I was standing beside uh, the deputy commanding officer. And in the cadet system, this is usually like a, a principal of a high school. And this guy was from the Eastern Shore. Um, I forget his name. His name was Cecil. You might know him, Betty, but who knows? But... Uh, 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 God gave me this download in the bathroom again. <laughs> I started getting this picture uh, about about this man, and uh, I thought, "What's this about?" Now, my when I teach on this and my own experience, I, I sort of hold these things in my heart, and and uh, some and I'll say, "Well, Lord, you know, how do I pray for this person? And am I supposed to share this with this person?" So I'm into this dialogue with the Lord. And I had a very, very strong prompting that I was to share this picture with him. And I thought, mm. So very gently, I, I just say, Sil, um, I said, you know, sometimes when um, I'm just walking through my day, I have these pictures or various things. And I had this image come into my mind as I came into the washroom and I saw you. And, it, and uh, I said, would you mind if I shared it? And he kind of looked at me and said, I guess so. That's all right. 
So I said, I have this picture of God looking at you with a great big smile on his face and, uh, and, and, and said, I am so thankful for how you look after my kids. And he started to weep. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, when you're the DCO, um, you know, you're tough. You're, you know, you really want to, you know. And, and the guy just started to tear up. And I said, you know, you, you spend your summer vacations here with the kids. He was a bachelor. Um, you, you spend several days through the week. Because uh, a lot of these kids that are in cadets are disadvantaged, you know. And he, and he just poured into them. And I just said, uh, I said, Lord, would you show him your pleasure? Um, how much you delight in the fact that you're really ministering and serving these children. And, um, and, then, and then I said, and I sent Cecil that God is going to show himself to you and how much he loves you and how much he delights in who you are. And uh, so um, I, didn't know, I didn't know this, but he was a Roman Catholic, and he was lapsed. He had not gone to Mass or anything for years. Well, he started coming to my services. On the, on the military basis, you have the Roman Catholic uh, side of things, and then you have the Protestant side of things. And uh, so... Um, um, so he started coming to my services, and when I was working with the kids, I thought, what do I do? And I've never done any of this before. And the Lord said, get them to tell the parables and act out the parables, you know. So I, I would read one of the parables, and i say, who wants to be Jesus, you know? And then, you know, who wants to be the person who gets healed? And, and uh, we had diff different groups. And, uh, and so they all acted these out. And I asked them, you know, the people that were portraying these different roles, you know, how did you feel about being Jesus? Or how did you feel about being healed? What was that like? Or what was like as a, an onlooker, you know, to the situation and seeing this person get healed? And they were really engaged in this and learning about the stories and that about Jesus. And uh, uh, then with the junior officers who were mostly university kids, that were that was their summer job, and they were looking after the kids in grade school, the cadets. And so, um, I used to go into the bar, and I'm not a drinker, which is odd for Anglicans, but uh, um, we always joke and say wherever you find four Anglicans, you find a fifth. Uh, but uh, anyway, I go into the bar. <laughs> that's American stuff. It's a, it needs to have a, a bottle there somewhere. Um, so, um, so I. Um, I would go in and have a Coke with them. And, and uh, the Lord just sort of downloaded again and, and said, why don't you have a Christmas party? And so I said, why don't we have a Christmas party? You know. And so I, I played piano and I was doing Christmas carols and they're all songs about Jesus, right? And uh, we had a blast. Oh, we just had a great time laughing and joking, playing games and different things like that. And so we had Christmas in July, right? In this camp with these, with these kids. Well, at the end of my time there, everybody that serves has uh, an evaluation. And I ended up with the highest evaluation of anyone ever who served in that to that point. Okay? And uh, I'm not saying that to honk my horn, but, but I thought, how ironic. You know, here I was going into something when the guy said, watch your back, but I knew it was God. You know? And so I was looking for where he was at work. And, and I was being available to him to be a blessing to the others there. And God began to release creative ideas. He began to release revelation knowledge. He began to release his spirit to work through me to encourage the others there. I had a call from Ottawa from 
the general that oversees chaplaincy and said, I, I'd like you to consider joining the regular force. And, uh, and I said, well, why are you calling me? You've got all kinds of chaplains in the system. You have more than what you need. He said, when I see an evaluation like this, I go after the guy, you know, or the gal. And uh, so um, I'm just saying, um, I'm not saying that to make me look great, but it's, it really is to make him look good. Uh, you know, the scriptures say, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so I consistently did that. There were other elements of the story which were really pretty amazing, the favor that, that happened through that. But this is something that I really want to encourage you to consider, to say, Lord, I want to be centered in your plan and in your will. And uh, uh, would you work through me to be a blessing? And there will be occasions like this. That was a very profound uh, experience that I had. But it really encouraged me to say, Lord, if you want to put me in other situations, uh, I, for example, I alluded to this in other times, but I, I've had the opportunity to travel pretty widely around the world, and I had the opportunity to minister to the key leaders in the Chinese underground church. And I, all my insecurities came out. I thought, who am I to be here? They know the Bible better than I do. Um, they've been persecuted. They've been... You know, they're successful. One guy had a, a network of 10 million, which is like a third of Canada. And, and I thought, why am I in this place? I was in tears, you know, at the time I thought, you know, I don't have anything to give. But again, Holly and I prayed. I was asked to go and fill in for a friend that was ill. And I said, Lord, um, you know, uh, am I supposed to do this? And uh, my national inclination said, well, no, I don't have the stuff to do this. But the Lord really impressed Holly's dangerous, you know. When she prays, God answers. And so I, I just had a sense I was supposed to go. And uh, it was it was amazing. They extended the meetings. And uh, that's sort of my benchmark to, of, of meetings, you know, to say, boy, if it could be anywhere near what they, these meetings were like, um, it, was, it was amazing. So there will be times. Um, uh, what I'm communicating is that day by day, God wants to use us to be a blessing to others. And just simply, uh, uh, this guy that I substituted for, um, he, um, he was a drunk. And he was from Cape Breton. And he left his family. And his daughter phoned me about a year ago and said, I understand that you knew my dad. And I said, yeah. And she said, I only met him once. And I didn't know the full story. And it, I, I feel badly about this. Uh, even as a believer, he came to Christ on the West Coast, and he was used by God amazingly. Uh, he would have meetings of five, six, seven thousand people in China, and he was a prophet with a seer anointing. It was just amazing. He would see. He taught me how to see where the Holy Spirit is at work, the gift of discernment, and that. And it was amazing, you know, because I wanted to learn how to do this so I can help other people to learn how to walk with the Spirit and discern what he's doing. And uh, so I had the privilege of telling her, um, you know, about her dad, you know. And, uh, but he, I said, how did you get to be like this? He said, I started hanging around with others. I got saved in the full gospel businessman. You know, some of you are familiar with that. And uh, he started hanging around, you know, they would have lunches and breakfasts and stuff. And then he said, you know, these people that are sharing are just ordinary people, but God's got a hold of them. And, and he prayed a prayer, and I want to I want to offer this to you because I dare you to pray it, because if you do, your life will change profoundly. Okay, and this is the prayer. Are you ready for it? 
Lord, make me a blessing. And it changed everything. And he, so his life began to, to come alongside others and encourage and bless. And, and, and he, he was mentored by people. That's another thing. I, just, I have a, there's stuff here, but I put out a thing on, on uh, discipleship. And it's sort of a simple plan of, of growing in, in God. Um, uh, John Wesley, uh, who started the Methodist movement, he had a method. And there were 22 questions. That's on the other side of this. But I shortened it down to four. You've heard of light beer? Right, uh, with less calories. I call this I call this discipleship. Like there's only four questions rather than 22 questions. But uh, talking a lot about booze tonight. Sorry about that. <laughs> For a non drinker, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, I, uh, my burden is to see practical things of the gospel lived out, and and that this is accessible. And that you know you can look at Bruce and Marlene, and they're awesome people. They're awesome leaders. Uh, but, you know, uh, you don't have the junior Holy Spirit. And the same with children. Children don't have a baby Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that's in kids that will reside in us as well. And, and he wants to get out and, and work through us to bless others. So if you've heard nothing else in the time that I've been here, uh, to know that, uh, that he's dwelling within you, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and he is aching to bless others around you. So when you pray that prayer, it's dynamite. It really is remarkable to say, Lord, make me a blessing. Maybe those of you who are gutsy enough might might do that on the count of three, just quietly in your heart. Say, Lord, make me a blessing. One, two, three. Lord, make me a blessing. And he'll transform your life. He will... Um, open up doors. I'm just a hick, I tell people, from Picto. Um, uh, my my uh, mother-in-law uh, just died recently of Alzheimer's, and we moved in with her and spent five years looking after her. And um, uh, she loved, uh, what's it called? Uh, America's, America's Got Talent. You know, it's got all these quirky th uh, things on it. And it's only 90 seconds long, so she could her memory could sort of, or she could retain things for that long. Uh, and then gradually she wasn't able to. But uh, uh, we ch put the shows on over and over again, <laughs> as you could remember. But um, uh, the, the amazing thing is that I just lost my train of thought, Bruce. You need to pray for me. Um, I was about to say something really profound, but I got caught up in the detail of America's Got Talent. <laughs> That's good. So, Lord, what what is it that you want me to communicate? We're wrapping down here. It's a good thing. I'm, I'm losing it. Um, Well, in the midst of that, we saw God do some really cool things with Holly's mom. And uh, I guess it's the, the bottom line is just uh, being aware that God is at work around us and that Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. I only do what I see the Father doing. So, Lord, let us see where you're at work. And he said, I only do what I hear the Father saying. So, Lord, help us to hear your voice uh, day by day. 
and that uh, as we are uh, simply called to be a blessing, that you would work through us. That as Nancy, uh, the gal, the Friday lunch said, even the tough ones, Lord, would you, would you love these people through me? And that you would bring us into a new place of dependence um, on you and, uh, and a willingness to uh, be stretched uh, out of our comfort zone, knowing that we're not alone, knowing that, um, that you're with us. By the way, the comfort zone thing, I was really challenged in that. I don't like to be out of my comfort zone, so I make calculated risks, I call them, and uh, that I know that God is doing this, so I know that he's with me. But uh, people like John G. Lake, who started the healing rooms, um, he would deliberately put himself into a place where he, uh, where God had to show up, you know, uh, he put himself out of his comfort zone. And um, I'm not quite there yet, but uh, he really saw God move. But uh, just taking it at the level of saying, God, I want to be a blessing so that wherever you are, just look around you and look and say, how can I encourage? How can I serve? How can I bless? Uh, for you, Jesus, uh, I want to honor you because this is what you would do uh, uh, if you were here. And then realize, oh, he is here. Uh, he's using my hands. He's using my words. He's uh, walking with me and he is in me. And so wherever I go, Jesus, you're there. So help us to be aware of that. Help us to live into that more fully. And so that we would see uh, everywhere we go transformed by your love. And so, uh, Lord, I ask that as this message, I want to make this as simple and as practical as possible. Uh, because if we get it, Pictou County, Nova Scotia, Canada will be utterly transformed. And it's that simple. So, yeah. So I told you I was going to bless you guys. So this is a good Anglican prayer. Uh, Under God's gracious mercy and protection, we commit you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. And you, you guys can listen in and take this prayer too. Uh, the Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, gazing upon you with tenderness and great joy and delight as his beloved daughter and son and that his peace, his shalom, would fill you, would refresh you, would strengthen you, that Jesus would stand tall in you and work through you, that you'd be known as friends of God, that you would be known as, as Christians, little Jesus, uh, as they were in Antioch, first called Christian, and that Jesus lives within each of us, and as his peace increases, that just as in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus sent out the 70 and said, speak peace, that we will speak peace, that we will speak life, that we will speak encouragement, that we will speak your heart, Father, to those around us and see those around us in their environments be utterly transformed for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Man, uh, it is an amazing privilege to be with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce and Marlene, for trusting me with you.
is your crew. <laughs> oh, here you're on. Thank you, John, and uh, Holly is joining uh, us tomorrow. The youth service is tomorrow night, and then they're heading back to uh, um, Kentville. Uh, his daughter is a leader in Youth with a Mission, and she's home for uh, 10 days in order to do uh, a paper for her master's degree. But she's just come from seven countries in... Asia and the Near East. Uh, just uh, as a, a woman who has uh, become a leader in youth with a mission in training people for evangelism and uh, to be leaders. Um, she's 34, 32, 34, just turned 35. Yeah. I asked John if it's possible that she could come here tomorrow night, but she's just got back from uh, Asia and uh, she has so much to do in the next 10 days, so she, she said she couldn't come. But uh, well, do you want me to speak some words of guilt? Uh, uh, yeah, just <laughs> you've missed God. Um, the, uh, but it's, it's that kind of impartation that I want to see happen for our teens and our children. I, I envision these kids that are learning or that are part of our worship team, and, and I think you might be as surprised or, or pleasantly gratified as uh, I have been uh, to see these children. Um, and uh, Diane is the one who's been doing I thought I saw Diane here somewhere. There she is. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, we're moving. And, and uh, Heather is, is uh, writing some, taking some notes uh, that I've written on prayer, simple notes, that uh, she's converting down to um, grade three and four level. Uh, grade three, four, five level, and also uh, doing them for uh, seven and eight level, and then uh, seven, eight, nine, and then the senior high students, and then the same notes are going to uh, an adult set of the notes are going to be shared in the in the group over the next few weeks. Uh, what I, I share a story about kids. It's my turn. I know. <laughs> but I'll be really brief. Trust me. But, all right. Okay, but I might lose my train of thought. <laughs> Well, I wanted to before I did. <laughs> um, if you want a, a good read, there's a, a, a PDF online called, and there's a book that's available too, published, but you can just get it online as a PDF. But it's it's called They Told Us Their Stories, and it's stories of children aged 3 to 20 in the Azusa Street Revival between 1906 and 1909. And uh, there's one story about this guy who lost his arm and they prayed, and the arm actually grew out fingers and all. It's really quite remarkable. We talk about miracles and signs and power. Uh, but my favorite story is the little three-year-olds. Uh, they had glory clouds, and they were going around with mason jars trying to capture the glory cloud, you know, in, in the jars. It was very cool. Anyway.
Well, and that actually happened. The presence of God was so, so powerful. Um, my grandmother was a part of the Latter Rain movement in North Battleford, and uh, there was a phenomenal move of the Spirit. It was in the late 40s and early 50s, and they actually had heavenly chorus uh, there, where the whole group would become totally silent. There was no music playing; nobody was singing, but they could hear a choir. And Yes, it, it, it wasn't just in the tabernacle, just. So th these kinds of visitations of God have happened at the past at critical points of history. This is right after World War II, when there had been so much pain and suffering in the world. And then you had this, what became a worldwide wide revival, started in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. My grandmother was very much a part of that. But as I see these children up here, we're going to move into having them actually start giving words of exhortation. We'll, we'll just start bite size and uh, give it to them. They might be nervous, but moving them towards uh, greater, uh, greater uh, unctions in the service to the point where they start to really sense, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And... Um, and they will actually prophesy. So I see this happening much sooner, not way down the road somewhere. I see it this happening within uh, months. And so that um, the children, and I see that for the teens as well, that's going to come out of prayer. It's going to come out of uh, the, the, the experience of the teens in prayer where they start to, start to uh, see some of these same dynamics working in their lives. And uh, to be filled with the Spirit, to start to learn to prophesy, to start to go to school asking the question, Lord, what are you doing here today? How, what am I supposed to do? We have two teenagers in our church who, who on their way to school, they sit beside each other and they pray in the bus from the time they're picked up to the time they get to the school, praying for God to direct them and to bless them. And, to, and it's just those kind of stories just really impact my heart. But we're going to see more of it, more of it, until they start to move in the same spiritual gifts. Uh, I've got a plan in mind uh, that will, uh, I'm going to, if we have good weather, enough to have church on Sunday, it may not happen according to the forecast. But I want to show you a video of it, of teens in a prayer meeting and uh, what they're praying for. And uh, uh, I want to just, I just want to show you that. I will show about seven or eight minutes of it. It's actually a whole hour video. But uh, there is, uh, there's a new day coming in this church. And so I ask you to be patient with me as we start doing some, th some things a little differently here and there. Uh, and uh, we'll just see God move. And we'll be bringing people in over the next number of months to really uh, supplement and speak into uh, prophetically and uh, with, uh, John, you've been such a blessing. You're the first guy on our list. And, and I don't know about you, but how, well, let me ask you about you. Have you felt God download things into your lives? Yeah. How many felt that happened while you were in the bathroom? Uh, yeah. You, that's a different level. That, uh, I, 
Anyway, so that we're going to carry that into the days to come. So, John, stand in the middle um, here. We're going to give you a taste of your own medicine. All right. So I'm going to ask, um, some of you have not said a word tonight. You've sat there quietly and let everybody else share words. I'm going to ask you to come and lay hands on John and speak a word into his life. It could just be one word, or it can be a few sentences that you feel the Lord downloaded in your life. So, Lord, we just pray right now for those in this circle um, to um, just hear from you about John and Holly and his daughter, uh, his whole family, for their church in Kenfield and for what you'll do in that church, uh, for just his, his ministry in general. Just, Lord, whatever you put in everybody's heart. So let's have four or five people just stand up right now. Go ahead. Don't be afraid. You're all afraid. Go ahead. Places that we're not familiar with, and uh, God bless you for that. This is the beginning. Enlightenment. That your eyes may be open, that you may grow more in the knowledge of His love. That you come to know more of it the breadth, the width, the height, the depth of his love for you. And increase. And increase. And increase. And increase. Amen. Amen. A couple more. God bless you, John. Keith and Hazel are very proud. Take care. Bless you. John, you are a man after God's own heart. And he's uh, deposited in you, like David, a father's heart for his people. And as John was saying, I, at the end of his prayer, I, too, say increase. Amen. Amen. Somebody else? Um, yeah. Lord, I, I just uh, think of you as a uh, peace. I just thank you, Lord, that you're the Prince of Peace. And just uh, un, uh, any unsettling uh, 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 events or... or, or uh, places that you come into that uh, uh, there's just a peace that just wells up in you and, and just ministers to that um, that just uh, uh, that you're you're sound and safe uh, in that comfort and that that peace just flow from you amen. amen let's all stand and uh, come and uh, get as close as you can to John lay your hands on him and Melvin will you pray a prayer blessing over him
Oh, Father God, I thank you for John and for the message that you've given him to instill in our spirit, Father God. I thank you for his peaceful spirit. I pray that that will continue to grow. I pray a blessing on him, Jesus, that he will have your eyes, that wherever he goes, whatever he does, he will see the unlikable, the untouchable through the eyes of Jesus, Lord. And I pray right now that that gift will be bestowed upon him. I pray a blessing upon his family, Lord, that you'll give him the blessing of the house of Abraham, that his children and his children's children, Lord, will be blessed of you and will serve you. And they will all be together in heaven someday, Father God. Pray for his wife and his children. Just continue to pour it out upon him, Lord. Continue to give him opportunity to share what you have put in his heart for others, Lord. I pray for a boldness for him. At times when, when he wants to say something, and he even he might be a little scared, Lord, that once again, your eye, he'll see people through your eyes and that you'll instill in his spirit exactly the words that are to be said, Father. Now we pray and ask for those same blessings for all of us that are here tonight, Lord, that we can all continue to grow and to see others through your eyes, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.